0: Right, we are wrapping up, not today, but next week, our, our new teaching series. We're going to jump in that real quick. Does anybody recognize these keys? Oh, Stacy, <laughs> you see, see, see if your car's. I don't hear it beeping. Uh, so we are, like I said, wrapping this up next weekend in our series in the book of John. I don't know about you, but Josh Lee last week wasn't that a great message? That was so good. Good job, Josh, all the way there to Spokane. It, it it really was, and he he gave a zinger there with the question: Are you are you on the way or in the in the way of Jesus? Like, hello, okay, that was that was pretty powerful. And so, following that up, we are jumping into the next few chapters in our in our reading guide this week we're going to be we're going to reading John chapter 15 through I believe it's through 17 so as we do that but I want to I want to talk about this morning it really kind of sums up one word because we could be living in the light or we could be ellipsing the, the light of Jesus and we need the light you know light has been our theme here is the days are getting darker and getting shorter we thank the lord for sun when we can get it but if you've been transplanted here from a different part of the united states that people kind of go wow it really doesn't you guys don't have a lot of sun some days it's really true and so out of that i don't know i never heard of this growing up and people up because i think people from the outside needed more sun and now it's kind of formed this this condition called seasonal affective disorder it's sad right literally it's sad seasonal affective disorder and it's a real condition people have and what it is is we're vitamin d deficient and so one of the greatest ways where you can take a pill or you can get sunlight now there's not sunlight you need to find define vitamin d somewhere and so if you don't have you know what happens is you get you get moody and 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 you know irritable and so somehow you have to do this and so my my wife noticed that about me and so she no she didn't buy that I bet, I got a I got a happy light. Have you got one of these these lights? And the old, the old happy light. And so this apparently this bulb it makes me happier and uh, so that wouldn't that be great just a happy bulb but it's called the happy light and happy lamp and so I, at times, I, I sit under the happy lamp in my throne chair at home, and uh, but I actually just sit and and read, you know, read my Bible. So I'm kind of getting spiritually energized as well as getting my vitamin D, and uh, they're kind of neat. Now I'm not saying you need one of these to get getting kind of energy, whatever it takes to help. But I wanted I wanted to think about for our lives how we're talking about living in the light, really kind of a question, are we living under the light? Are we living in the light of Jesus? Are we allowing the blessing that he's giving us? Are we getting the energy from what God really wants us to have? And it, but, but also with that is living under the light, living under the lordship of Jesus, and how important that is that many times that we can find ourselves drifting away over and over again. And there's a word that we're going to read in John 15, it's just a very, very important word that, that stands out. And, and as we read this, I think you're going to discover it. So John chapter 15, verse 1, it says this, I am the, the true vine, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. you can do nothing. Keep that word in mind. I think you know the word that we're going to get to and really focus on here this morning. But I, I read that, and I'm thinking, you know, Josh mentioned last week, where, and really kind of leaving off where he talked about they're all gathered in the upper room. They had the Last Supper. And you just think about the drama that was unfolding. You think about how like, Judas was going to betray him, and then Jesus starts talking about he's going to the cross. I mean, heavy, heavy topic, But then Jesus goes into this, which is considered all of this reading from John 13 through, really through 17, is this upper room discourse. There's a bulk of teaching that Jesus gives, and he goes into this hole, which I'm just trying to figure out, why do you need to go into this garden theme in the middle of all the drama and the heaviness that's going on? It just seems like it doesn't really fit. Yeah, I'm really kind of picturing where Jesus here, he's holding up the Passover cup and the, the fruit of the vine. I'm wondering as he was holding that, he was reminded, going, Oh, they really need to hear this. They really need saying, Jesus saying, listen, you need to stick with me. You need to hold on to what I'm gonna tell you this. Listen, listen very carefully to what I want to tell you. Even though I'm gonna leave you, I want you to do one all summed up in one word. What's the word? Remain. You know it. Remain. What does it mean to remain? The, the word you might have it in your Bibles. If you have a different translation, it says abide. In the Greek, it's this word "mimo," which means this: to stay in place or a state of mind, continue to exist, waiting in hope of expectation, something that will come in the future. You know, with the, the rivers and the, and, the, and the lakes and the, you know, every, everything that had water yesterday, you know, last week flooded, you know, you're, either you're bailing water, or you're bailing out, right? There's choices. But what I find in, in life, when life overtakes us, when we're, the flood that happens in our lives relationally and emotionally and even spiritually, it's interesting how people, they look for a way out. And Jesus is telling them, and he's telling us, don't leave. Don't flake out. We've seen this over and over where people will just, out of fear, just go to extremes. We've seen it. I've thought about this week how anxiety pushes us to the edges, doesn't it? People that, that get so anxious So what maybe is going on in the world. What's, what, are they, what are they asked to do or not asked to do? And, and, and fear pushes us to the edges. We've seen that. And our media and in, in really advertisers feed on our fears, don't they? They, they? It is so bad out here. You need to know this. And we keep getting glued and, glued and glued and glued and glued to it over here or over on this side. Fear does that. Fear takes us to the extremes. It's interesting that, that Jesus here, he's in this dark, candlelit upper room, and he's sharing this, this this vineyard metaphor. And he just says, it's almost kind of like a William Wallace moment, you know, and in Braveheart, you know, minus the blue paint, okay? Remain, remain, don't freak out, don't flake out, stick with me. You know what it is? What is Jesus saying? It's good old-fashioned faithfulness. Don't give up. Live. Live under my light. Living in the light. Living under God's really happy light. And I would say our thought for us today is this. When we remain, fruit follows. When we remain, fruit eventually follows. And so I just want to talk with you for a couple of minutes. I want to just get us thinking about, again, the word remain, it's not that... Sleek or sexy of a word. It's not very f- fashionable to remain. It just seems like to remain. There's not much action to that, but it actually is so, so important. If we want to, we want to live under the Lordship of Jesus. So we want to find that we're living his light and the blessing and the beauty and everything that he provides for us. It's living in this light, is remaining with him. And, and Jesus lays it out. And with, with the remaining comes actually reward so I want to talk about that just the reward of the remaining and in, in, in the the notes you have in the remaining time that we have here together I want to give you some some thoughts here first is this or this whole metaphor that Jesus talks about this vineyard he says this it, it, it says that uh, that he cut off every branch that bears no fruit and so the first thought I have was this is pruning is painful but necessary pruning is painful but necessary. Verse 2, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Now there's two aspects of pruning. There is there's cutting of the dead wood, and there's trimming of still live wood. We we kind of get the we get the dead one easy, right? That makes sense. A, a diseased tree, you know, that's it's dead. It, it's gonna, if you don't cut off the limbs, it's gonna affect the entire tree. And you're not gonna have any fruit with a dead tree. Sometimes you gotta go to extremes to cut what needs to be cut. Away. My father-in-law many years ago had to get his toe amputated. That wasn't enough. Then he had to get his bottom of his leg amputated. You know, why? Because gangrene can affect your whole body. Jesus talked somewhat in extremes at times in, in hyperbole, but if he says, if if you know your eye, eyes cause you to sin, pluck them out. Right? If your hand causes sin, cut, the, cut it off. You he say literally doing that? He's just saying take extremes with what needs to be removed is sin. That sin is what's dead. What the Bible talks about we can become dead in our transgressions. An example of a list, it's pretty vivid in Colossians 2 and the message version. This is what it says, a list of things to say, what do we need to remove? And get out of our life this is what paul says he says that this means killing off everything connected that that way of death sexual promiscuity impurity lust doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy this uh, a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by god it's because of this kind of thing that god is about to explode in anger it wasn't long that you were doing all this stuff and not knowing better, but you know better now. So make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. Don't lie to each other. You've done, you're done with that old life. That's the old you. That's what needs to be removed. And take drastic measures for that to be cut off. The dead wood. And this is what I've learned. If I don't deal with my dead wood, God will deal with it. God has a way to do that, doesn't he? If we deny it, it's like, it's fine. I'm putting a Band-Aid on it. It's okay. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. We continue in denial of the dead wood in our life and it will continue to disease our body. And God, as a good gardener, will come along and go, no, we need to deal with that. The Bible calls that discipline. In Hebrews it says the Lord disciplines those He loves. Now you, you might remember as a kid, or maybe you said this to your kids when you're about ready to give them a licking. It's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt what you. And your ear as a kid, you're going, no, that's not true, that's a lie. But as a parent, it is. To actually have to do that. When you look at the the eyes of your little child that's crying, it's very difficult. Do I go soft or do I do what I need to do? And I'm so glad God is a good, loving Father that He will discipline us. And if, if needed, we'll go to drastic measures out of His great love. God the gardener prunes us, disciplines us, not only for the sin in our lives, but to make us whole and make us healthy. And it's for growth. When I grew up, my my family, we had kind of a little bit of an orchard. We had about an acre of land, and so we had these fruit trees. And every February, my dad would go out and have a long pole, and he'd, he'd cut all the suckers off the trees, all the fruit trees. And then, me, I guess, me being the sucker as well, had to collect them all and put them in a burn pile, and then we burned them later. And I I never really figured out why we always had to do that. You know, they just look. Really like stumpy little trees at the end of the day. I tell you, but the years that we did that, and even sometimes severely cut them down, we had so much fruit that we had to prop up the the limbs on the on the pear trees because they're going to break off all the fruit that was there. Some of you have that in your own family. You, we get that on a natural way, but how many know God does that? He'll take drastic measures in our own lives, and I think what happens along lives, we we start even questioning a little bit. God, why would you do this? I get the deadwood side. I get the disease side, but there's actually some some growth here. Why would you cut that away? Well, John says it this way, And in verse 2 and 3 says this, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it becomes even more fruitful. You were already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. We we got the, the dead stuff is easy to get rid of. Growth? Why would you cut that back? Well, not much, you know, I've never done this, never worked a vineyard before, but we kind of understand a pruning that sometimes pruning, you have to do a couple things. One is you have to thin, you know, thin out the 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 new growth. And that's what vine dressers would do. they They realize that too much too much shoots were growing and and so it, it, it basically you 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 couldn't get a lot of growth because there there wasn't room to grow. and there needed to be some thinning. How many know we need some thinning in our life, right? Some of you are going in the holiday season. You're going, you're going to get some thickening in the holiday season coming up. Some of us are already preempting exercise. Are are you preloading your week with some exercise, getting ready for the big days coming up? But we understand, I'm not talking just thinning that way. I'm talking about thinning in our lives when it comes to the busyness that we have. Define margin in your life. When are you going to have some happy light time? When are you going to spend some time with Jesus, being under the light, being being with him and spending time with him? You have to look at your schedule and think, where does that fit in? So there might be some pruning that needs to take place there. Another way of pruning, besides thinning, is pinching and hanging. So what the vine rest would do is, like, they're going in different directions, and they would, they would you know, pinch them, they would curl them, and then they would basically pull the vines back up onto the 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 line or whatever it was and on the tree and then and they pull them back and so basically then it allowed more sunlight to come on them it, it they washed them so it wasn't all on the mud and everything that would wasn't able to grow and I, I think of ourselves and literally at times we I mean this last week our whole county was literally stuck in the mud and all that happened in our in our lives in our life spiritually emotionally we get so stuck in our ways and what we're doing and and god wants to come along and he wants to he wants to pull us back he wants to to as a vine dresser does gently and sometimes forcibly shape us in a different direction and it's pruning's not fun It's painful. It's difficult, but it is so necessary. And I think this is the challenge when we come to pruning, because again, the dead wood and the dead sin—that's obvious. It's listed, you know. But Paul will sometimes say, "Hey, the 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 way of the flesh is obvious, and there's obvious listing there. But there's areas of our life that are not considered sin. There's even new growth, and God will come along and start chopping away some things that actually get us to the place where even questioning God's will. What's happening? It doesn't make sense for us sometimes. We find that God, we kind of go along, oh, God, did I do something wrong? Well, no, not really. But why, you know, well, what about, why, why are you taking this away? Why are you allowing this to happen? And God will intervene because he is a good gardener. God's pruning is for growth, not just the removal of sin, go with me on this, also the removal of self. There's growth sometimes that we're growing in a, in a different direction. Many times that we think this growth is going, but we're actually growing away from God rather than growing to Him. And even when we're experiencing fruit in our lives. The the, Bruce Wilkinson wrote this little book many years ago, I, I always go back to it, it's so good, it's The Secrets of the Vine, and he says this, God's actions are intended to nudge you lovingly, wisely, persistently toward the life and character you desire but can't reach without help. What God's doing is and in the pruning process, as painful it is, he's wanting to perfect us. Once in a while, he'd come along And he'll lop off a level in our lives that actually we begin almost to a point to really misunderstand his methods and his motives. I question that all the time. I have to be honest with you. God, we really had a really good thing going here. God I, you know and I, I, Chris and I, we've been pastoring here for like 13 years now. It's like we've had we were kind of we're kind of in this you know same kind of same place in a sense pastoring, but it feels like it's been about four different congregations. People come and people go and people come and there's there's waves and there's trickles at times. And it's been barely interesting how God is moving. you know we're just praying, even even today, you know Chris is leading worship and like, well, where's the band? Good question, right? You know, where is the people? There's a pruning It happens, and yet there's thriving in other areas, and in and our groups, and, and there's, in every, just like, it's almost hurting cats. Like, God, if we could kind of get everything going at the same time, this would be really great. This would be really good. And God continues. I mean, we've learned through this pandemic. God is continuing to prune, continuing to do, and we find ourselves, yet yeah, there's people that have just, lost their minds sometimes on what's going on, what's happening, and yet God is doing all this arranging. God is repositioning and, and, and hanging and doing different things in different ways, and And I find that 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 he, that's what he does, and all of it's for the growth of the new season. This last week, we actually gathered some leaders yesterday, and the comment was, it just feels like a new church. Why, there's this new growth that's happening maybe out of a season of, of dormancy that we've gone through. So we have a question, you you know, do you want to be a beautiful leafy bush? Or would you willing to be cut down to a degree so that not just some fruit comes from your life, but eventually much fruit will come with it? Knowing that this, that if that's true... The shears are coming out, and, and we might go, you know what, yeah, my life needs a little bit of clipping. Clip, 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 and you got your little, your, your little clippers, and all of a sudden, God's going, no, that's not enough. <laughs> oh, okay, Then not know. See, I think the finer point to pruning is for us to learn that, that there, there's gonna be times where people that we love are gonna move away. People that we're holding on to Get a different job and they re- get relocated. But those were great friends. What happened, Lord? Some of us, we find, and it's just devastating, East County, that the things that you own and the things that you have that were precious to you are all wiped away. Wow. What do you do then? Your source of significance. Maybe you in a job and you got, you, you, Got cut from your job, or maybe some. I know a lot of people retired and they they had their value in their occupation. They're like, now what do I do with my life? your, your, Your need for significance is pruned away. Do I matter any longer? And I think at the end of the day, what happens is we end up losing our right to even know why. God, why are you doing what you're doing? But we know that He's a good gardener. At the end, the little fruit will lead to. Lasting fruit, more fruit that's there. But how we respond to the pruning makes all the difference in the world. See, know this in, in, in remaining toward rewarding, is this preparation is a process, but it, it takes time and incredible persistence. Preparation is a process, and it takes time and incredible pers- persistence. In our Western mindset, we find that, that we're so focused on the results we're so focused on this formula. We know this, oh yeah, it's a process, a process, but we're just trying to get to the to the answer. And yet I found this, that that you could try to speed up the process. If you're trying to speed up like ripening anything, you know, you buy something green and then you're just trying to speed it up, it doesn't work too well, does it? You know, I, I think we've all know the difference between eating, eating if you like tomatoes, a a tomato out of your local garden, or the gas tomatoes in the grocery store. There's no different. There's a, there's a huge difference, right? There's so different in the taste, and yet in our lives we want to speed up this process and realize that God's priority is so much about the process. He's so much about the growth that he has in our life, and one of the growth things he wants is not just the results, but he wants relationship with us. Look at verse 4 of 15. It says, "Remain in me, and I will remain in you," Jesus says. "No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit until unless you remain in me." We all did this as kids in elementary school. We we took the little little Dixie cup and the little soil and the teacher gave you a little seed and you watered it and you put it on the windowsill. Do we all remember that. And then you know we go out, you know we planted it and then you come in after recess and you look in there and there's nothing growing. And then the next morning you get to school and there's nothing. Some kid goes, it's not working. There's not anything happening. And then you all forget about it. But the teacher goes, oh, make sure you water your little plant. I'm like there's nothing growing. This is ridiculous. There's nothing happening. And then one day some kid looks on the windowsill and like, look, they're all growing. I think we need to be reminded that, that is this time schedule, we just say, like, you know, if I do this, do this, this is gonna happen. You could do this, do this, and this, and sometimes it doesn't happen that way. It did last time. God is at work, and in the way that he's doing it, and we don't always understand it, but we do know that remaining with Jesus is all about relationship. You, you know this, you hear it over and over and over, bumper sticks over the years. Jesus loves you. But do you know that Jesus also likes you? Jesus wants a friendship with you. Jesus wants re- time with you. If you want to, if you like somebody, guess what? You'll spend time with them. Well, I have lots of friends. I'm sorry, your 1,500 Facebook friends are not all your friends. Okay, they're, they're, you know they're, they're just they're just a digital link to something okay real friends want to spend time with you real friends want to get to know you real friends don't want to be in relationship that's exactly what jesus wants with us i love what bruce wilkinson says in secrets of the vine he says jesus ultimately's purpose is not that you will do more for him but you will choose to be more with him with him we'll be doing a series here in christmas called with and it's all about that it's being not just doing stuff for jesus but being with him in relation. That is what he wants. Does he want to do stuff? He wants to do stuff more than you want to do it. But he wants, most importantly, is you. He loved you so much not only to die for, but he liked you so much to die for you. Look at verse 13, jumping ahead. John 15 says this, greater love that no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command obedient relationship with Jesus, allows us to live under his light, to live under his lordship, and with that comes these results that are pretty amazing. This close friendship actually leads to a better understanding of who he really is, and who really God really is, his very will. Look at verse 15, 15. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends. For everything I've learned from my father, I have been made—I've made known to you. Isn't that an incredible promise? Isn't that amazing that in our friendship with Jesus, we can know the will of the Father? If you're going, I just don't know God's will. Well, you don't have a friendship with Jesus. You might call Jesus your Lord and Savior. That's awesome. We need that, but are your friendship with Jesus? Are you walking in com- compatibility with Jesus? Are you understanding His heart? Are you listening to His voice? Are you are you are you are, you, are spending that time that you're honing in? I mean, you you know, and of course, this is way before. Uh, Voicemail and recognizing people's numbers, uh, you know, caller ID, you know when you someone picks up the phone and you go, you hear that voice, you know that voice. You don't, you don't have to identify what it is immediately because it's a relationship. It's the same thing that, that, that God wants with us. And when we know the voice of Jesus, guess what? Then he takes us in the throne room of God. He's our mediator. Here's the one that goes before us. And in that, we can know the will of God. I think can't think of anything better to know than the will of God and to and understand it, and, to, and that's what it means to live in the light, and that's why we do spiritual practices. We're honing in on that voice, and we're getting the inside track of who God really is through relationship with Jesus. Remaining with Jesus is also about not just relationship, but it's also about perseverance. James challenges. In fact, this men's group I, in this Texas week, they, one of the guys sent out, they said this in James. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith, what does it do? Develops perseverance. And perseverance must do what? Finish its work so you become what? Mature and complete, not lacking anything. Think about that. Mature and complete. Again, do you want, you know, turbo? Uh, vegetables that kind of just kind of get you know you know microwave or you want crockpot okay you want, think about the things that we takes time to develop it's the same with a in our lives it time and pressure is what forms the beauty of diamonds it's what forms maturity in our life it takes time nobody nobody likes fake fruit it's mature fruit in our lives a fruit what do you say fruit that will last. Remaining with Jesus, all about faithfulness, not just, not just success, remainings about faithfulness. On Thursday, we, we buried my aunt at a young age of 90 years old, so she lived a, she lived a long life. My aunt, Annadelle, she was married 71 years until my uncle Chuck died a couple years ago. She lived in the same home in Silver Beach up from Lake Wacom. they lived there for 63 years. She was one of the oldest and longest members of Silver Beach Community Church, and she knew Jesus. And she entered the presence of Jesus, who said, well done, Ann and Out, good, faithful servant. Not good and successful. She wasn't famous anywhere. She, she was great at knitting. She was a wonderful gardener. She lived a life and a legacy that was there. Faithfulness is so important. It led to great fruit in our lives. And the same the way for us. Remaining with Jesus leads to well it leads to fruit bearing. Fruit follows. You see, know this finally. Your life will bear real fruit when you allow Jesus to be the producer. Key verse fifteen five. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear. Much fruit. Apart from me, he can do what? Nothing. Do you ever find yourself getting pretty successful in what you're doing? You realize I've got a groove, I've got this figured out. It's just I'm wheeling, I'm dealing, I'm going and showing, I'm doing all the things I'm there and all of a sudden, you know, you're not. And we find ourselves over and over in these these patterns in life. But if you think you're doing anything, if you think you're achieving, I think it's all earthly. It's all of this world. There's nothing you and I, not one thing you and I can do of eternal value without God himself doing it through us. Apart from him, you do deadly squat, okay? I think that's in the message version, deadly squat. I'm not sure. We just throw that in there. But you know that. Bearing is much different than producing. I can't squeeze apples through my ears. You can't either. We can't produce anything eternal. And so we need to say, God, I, I, what do I do with what you give me? I, I'm gonna, I am going to bear fruit. I'm going to remain, Lord. I'm going to remain under the light. I'm going to remain here. And I am going to trust you. And remaining is not passive. Remaining is in prayer. Remaining is being, God, you're faithful Remaining is enduring the storms and the pain and the difficulties. And there's just so many people, I've seen it in the last two years almost now, that just get a little bit of trial and problems and everything and they flake. They're calling this last season here the the great resignation. People have chosen out of too much quarantine and too much... You know, lockdown, too much Zoom, or whatever, and they just like, I'm done with this. And they're done with their job, they're done with their marriage, they're done with their family, they're done with their their spiritual community. The very people that have been around with them and hung in with them that they've tied themselves to, saying, I I'm I'm done. I can't do this any longer. And they've chosen isolation. They chose separating themselves. And anything that's separated will eventually die. That limb that's cut away from the body of Christ will. Die eventually. And it's sad. It's so sad. Can I plead with you? Don't give up on spiritual community, because it's gonna lead to your spiritual death of your life. Remain with Jesus. And with it comes the reward. And the reward is not something that we produce and what we do, it is it is his faithfulness that we bear fruit. Well, there's what what fruit do we bear? Well, there's a wonderful list in Galatians 5. It says you're gonna bear love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, forbearance, all these gifts of the Spirit of God that flow through us. You can't produce it yourself. Don't even try. I, you know, with times, I'm just today. There's nothing wrong with these prayers. Don't get me wrong. I'm gonna be more loving today. <laughs> i want to be more joyful today. I get that. I get the purpose of that, but you can't do anything of any of that significance at that level without being and remaining with Jesus. It's that simple. It's simply surrendering. And with that comes the fruit of, of transformed lives and wholeness and healing and emotional health and spiritual health and marriage health and all the areas. It does flow out of there, but it, it cannot be something you can manufacture. You can't fabricate fruit. Fruit follows remaining with Jesus I invite Chris to come as we close and I just really have this simple question what season are you in you know I know back in what it was the late 60s or something the birds had the song you know to every season turn turn that's that's really from the bible right that 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 we're there's seasons that we're in and and we've got to think about the seasons that we're in what season are we in right now See, for some of us right now, we're actually in a season of maybe planting right now. Some of you are new to our community and you planted yourself here and, and so that it's a new growth. Well, not much growth. I mean, you're just kind of like the seeds are planted and there's nothing really happening so it's a little bit dormant but it's new. Some of us have, have experienced, maybe right now, we've experienced a lot of pruning in our life and, and right now, you're, you're you're having to look at that going, God, what? And you're, you might even be questioning God, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I don't understand. Like, Lord, we had a good thing, you know, and I. It was so good, you know, and growth was happening, and and then all of a sudden, you know, and I thought, you know, if we just do a click, 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 and you're just like, you know, it's like, what happened? And then some of you've experienced fruit. And that's not bad, and we're not—we don't hate you, okay? You know the people that the people that are watching online, and you're down, you know, you say, "Man, seasonal affective disorder." We're, we're, you know, we love you in the Lord, okay? We're glad for you down there, and you're experiencing some beauty, but we got a, a, a sunshine, and that you might be in a season of growth, you might be in a season of fruit in your life, and that's that's a wonderful thing to have. So don't be feel guilty about that. Enjoy it, but seasons are secular, aren't they? And, and so think about it, but And every season, it's, there's one thing to do, and that is to remain. Remain. In the remaining, there will be a reward eventually. It might not be in this life. It might be all the toil and everything. Your name might not be in lights. Your name might not be even famous. You, you, you might, might not make a whole lot of money or you know, have even only really left anything on this earth, but it will matter in heaven. What we do today, Diane Andel, she 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 was faithful to the Lord. She wasn't perfect, but she she was faithful, and she's experiencing all of eternity for that faithfulness through Jesus, her Savior and Lord. Same thing for you today. I want you to think about Lord, what season am I in right now? And in that season, say Lord, how can I how can I live under Your light? How can I how can I not just have a happiness in my life? But the joy and the peace and the and the and the love and the and all the fruits, Lord, how can I actually live in that? I bear that fruit because I'm remaining with you. Let, let's pray together, Lord, as we go into this week. Our, our hearts are still heavy for those who are, had great loss. It's going to be very difficult for people to even think of sitting down at a Thanksgiving table when there's no table and there's no house. And Lord, our heart goes out. Lord, use us as a church to be the church this week in whatever way we can to be generous. Lord, thank you for the generosity already in this room and the, even the ladies yesterday for the causes and the and giving, giving, giving because God, we're, we give, give, give in Thanksgiving because we're, we're grateful, Lord, and all that you've blessed us with. But specifically, I pray as we go into the, the holiday season, get ready for it, Lord. Will you prepare us for this season Lord and whatever season we're in God it might be planting it might be pruning it might be it might be fruit that we're experiencing Lord may we just be grateful for the season we're in and recognizing that what we do need to do is remain in the season Lord and God you're in charge of the seasons what you'll do next and so where people are right now I, I, I pray that you would speak very personal to them that God the, the key is to trust in you to trust in you in the season. With the promise that when we remain, fruit will follow eventually. And God, we're thankful for the fruit already. We don't we don't go after it, Lord. We just we just live it, Lord. We live we live in remaining and let let that fruit flow through us, Lord. We're grateful for it when it comes, God. We thank you for the the blessing it does, but Lord. May we just continue to trust in you and see, Lord, what you can do. Lord, we, we love you and we thank you for this season that we're in as we go into this beautiful season, this holiday season, to express who you really are, the Savior of the world. We love you, Jesus.